0: Hallelujah. And we think about some of the things that we're sharing here. God uses a man, uh, a family to bring uh, the savior in the earth ram through and he chose Abraham. The descendants of Abraham is through Jesus came through. So we've been talking about this, but guys, as we go to this 20th chapter, I want you to realize that I, the overarching picture that I, that I want to paint for you is that we got to ask ourselves this question. How do we move from the Abraham who was a liar, a schemer, and a doubter in the early part of his journey of faith with God and to the Abraham who we see or who would describe in the New Testament? As a matter of fact, hold your place right there. Let's go to Romans, the fourth chapter. I want to show this to you right quick because that's what we're trying to get to because All of the dysfunctionality that we see in our family units, uh, I believe that if we learn how to walk in faith, if we learn how to be a people of faith, if we learn how to embrace God totally and completely, then we can mesh out. We can move, remove the vast majority of the stuff that's going on in our family that should not be. And again, we said family is our family of origin. Family can, it includes us as Americans. Family includes all of the descendants of Adam and Eve. And every man that abides on this earth, I got news for you. We are descendants of Adam and Eve. We come from one blood. And so we are a family. Can I get a witness? But I want you to go over to Romans, the fourth chapter, and look at verse number 16. Let's read that right quick because I want you to understand here's what I'm after as your pastor. As your pastor... I want to see all of us in here begin to mature in our faith to the point to where God can utilize us to help transform this world. I will tell you guys, I've been pastoring here for 31 years now. And sometimes it breaks my heart to see members who maybe been here 15, 20, 25 years, but still thinking like they did 15, 25 years ago have not grown, have not showed the maturity in their walk with the Lord to the point that where God can actually use you to advance kingdom principles or use me or whoever. I, I, I believe that God says it's time for the church to be the church. It's time for us to grow up and stop acting like babies like the Corinthian church was. Jealousy, envy, strife, sexual immorality, all that stuff was running rampant through the Corinthian church. And Paul said they were spiritual babies. In this time and period that we're living in, God, we can't afford to be spiritual babies. We got to be maturing. God's got to be able to use you to reach people, but he can't use you to reach people. You all tore up from the floor up. Are you with me today? When you ought to be teaching others, you still have need that you be taught. When, when, when you ought to be discipling others, you can't disciple others. or People can't disciple others because, because they're still messed up themselves. And God says it's time for us to grow. Can I get a witness? So so, so we want to look at the family that God, Jesus Christ came through, look at all the dysfunctionality, and hopefully we can learn some things that can help us in our journey of faith. So here's what we're trying to get to, because the Abraham that we see and what we're reading about right now is not the same Abraham that we read about here in Romans, the fourth chapter. The text says, so the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's for Abraham is the father of what? All who believe. Next verse says what? Come on, let's read. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in God who brings the dead back to life and who creates New things out of nothing. The God that called it those things which be not, the KJV says, as if it already is. Next verse says what? Come on, let's read. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Next verse says what? And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. How many of y'all 75 you figure you're you good as dead? Anybody? See, we, listen, this, this guy here was a hundred years old, guys. And yet the text says he got to a point, KD, to where to where he it did not matter what it looked like in the natural. And that is where God is trying to get all of us to be. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural. He wants you. He wants you. He wants you. He wants all of us to be to a point that when we say, I trust you, God. I don't care if I can't see it. I can't feel it. I don't understand it, but I trust your word. And that's where we see Abraham ultimately ends up. He says, and so was Sarah's womb. The text says, in the next verse, read this. It says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God, Go to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse number 7. Now, he got there at this point, but he, but again, as you look at his journey of faith, we realize that there was a process. Everybody say process. process. See, there are many Christians who don't want to go through the process. We want to get saved today and be a, 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 on the Mount of Transfiguration the next day. And see, there's a process that God has to take us through the text says here in Hebrews eleven chapter. Let's read it out loud on purpose. It says it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that he had never that by that never happened. But by faith Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Now let's skip on down because uh, uh, a little bit further down in. Uh, in the uh, in Hebrews, the 11th chapter of uh, the 17th verse We there go to the 17th verse. I'm sorry. 17th verse. Says, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Now, Noah had faith, but we're not talking about Noah today. We're talking about Abraham. OK, we started a little early, but it's OK. It was it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. The next verse says what? Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Next verse says what? Watch this. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to do what? Bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. So look at this, guys. Here we see Abraham at a point in Romans and here in Hebrews where we see where he trusted God enough, even in his old age, to bear a son. He trusted God enough that he believed his promise to the point to where God has said, you're going to be the father of many nations, but if if I be obedient and sacrifice my son, God is obligated to raise him from the dead because he gave me a promise. How do we get from doubting, lying, conniving Abraham to the Abraham who believes God and is accounted unto him for righteousness. That's the process that we're trying to unpack because I believe in the church today, we're, we're, we're sorely lacking believers, amen, who will, who will take God totally at his word, who will trust him totally and completely. Let's go back to Genesis 20 chapter because we've got a cover some ground here. I think it's important for us to, to recognize some things. Genesis chapter number 20, glory to God. And we're going to move on down through here. Because at this stage, he's not there yet. Everybody say he's not there yet. See guys, listen to me. When I look at all of us as believers, we ought to be able to evaluate our life and see some progression in how we think and how we behave and how we trust and how we learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. If we if if you've been in ministry for 10, 15, 20 years and you're still struggling to trust God just for your uh, for food on your table, you you you're still struggling to trust God to heal, heal in men broken relationship, you're still uh, struggling to trust God just to just to believe that He's able to do exceedingly <laughs> abundant above all you can ask or think. If you're struggling there, God says it's time for you to start to move. It's time for me to move. Because he wants to do some things that are supernatural through his church, and he can't do it if we can't walk by faith. What does the Bible say? But without faith, it's impossible to please God. The person that comes to God has to believe that God is, and that God is what? A rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How do we move from doubting, scheming, lying? To trust in God to the point that where He would sacrifice His Son. Look at the, the twenty chapter, verse number one, right quick. And guys, I'm gonna tell you something. When we look at the Bible, the Bible tells the truth about all people, and that includes God's people. See, sometimes we look in the Bible and we think men like Abraham, men men like David, and others, and uh, you know uh, that we see throughout the, the the Bible, Elijah, and others. We 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 sometimes think that because they had a prominent place in scripture that they didn't do anything wrong. Yes, they did. As a matter of fact, he doesn't hide the fact that Noah got drunk and exposed himself. The Bible doesn't hide the fact that Moses lost his temper and disobeyed God by striking the rock instead of speaking to the rock. It doesn't hide the fact that David committed adultery about Bathsheba and then in his effort to cover his own sin, orchestrated a man's death. That's that David, the Bible says, who's a man after God's own heart. See the Bible don't doesn't doesn't just skirt over the the sins and the frailties of mankind. It, it it tells us about Peter who who said he would be with Jesus always, but he but and he but he denied him when it came to crunch time. It 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 doesn't. It doesn't go, it does not smooth over the fact that when Barnabas lapsed into false doctrine falling behind Peter, who when Peter uh, was there uh, uh, in Antioch, he refused to eat with the Gentiles when the folks from the Jewish uh, mother church came to town. See, the Bible talks about mankind's frailties, but it also lets us know that we serve a God who's able to deliver us, even from our own self, Amen. These things are recorded not to encourage us to sin, but to warn us to beware of sin. Amen. After all, if, if, if these great men of faith uh, disobeyed the Lord, then we need to be very careful ourselves, right? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 and 12, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. Everybody say, be on guard. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to be on guard. If you're watching by live stream, touch your neighbor and say, be on, Be on guard. Glory to God. Now watch watch. The text says here, Abraham moved south to the Negev and lived for a while between Kadesh and Shur. And then he moved on to Jerah while living there as a foreigner. Okay. The text says in verse number two, Abraham introduced his wife, Sarah, by saying, she is my sister. Up, stop right here. Here we go again. If I had to subtitle this message, I would say, here we go again. Do y'all remember this happening early on when we started studying this thing? When he left the land of famine where God had told him to go to and went down to Egypt, what did he do? He lied to the Pharaoh about his wife. Now watch this, guys. Here we go again. Sounds like some of us, don't it? Keep repeating the same sin. Abraham introduces his wife, Sarah, by saying she's my sister. So King Abimelech of Gerar sent for Sarah and had her brought to him at his palace. Now again, remember, I told you when we first looked at this the first time, Sarah was a beautiful woman. She was pretty. She was fine. And so in these days, you know the culture, if, if, a, if a king or a one who, a pharaoh, one was who in authority, saw a beautiful woman, and, uh, and if she was married to a man, a lot of times they, what they would do is they would kill the husband and take the wife. But if he was the sister instead of the wife, then the the brother will be rewarded loyally because of the sister. He will take the sister into his harem. So guys, here we go. They're repeating the same mistake. How many of y'all, listen to me today, have ever repeated the same mistake before? Did the same sin. How many of y'all out there have said to yourself, I am not going back? Oh, come on, talk to me. How many of you said? This is the last time I'm going over here. This is the last time I'm stepping in this club. This is the last time I'm smoking this weed. This is the last time I'm going over to his house, slipping, sneaking. Last time I'm going to her house, I'm I'm through with it, and then next week you're back over there. Listen to me carefully. Abraham introduces wife Sarah by saying, she is my sister. Guys, listen to me carefully. First of all, let's, let, let's, let's back up a little bit. Go back to verse number one. I need y'all to see this with me real quickly. Go back to verse number one. It says, Abraham moved south to Nagar and lived for a while between Kadesh and Shur. Uh, and then he moved on to Gerard. Now, the KJV, let's go to the King James Version of that very same scripture. Now, there's some key words that I want to just kind of bring out because they mean something, okay? Uh, if we can get there right quick. Uh, I'll, I'll read it to you. It says, and Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwell between Kadesh and Shur. And it says he sojourned in Gerar. He sojourned in Jerah. That's key because uh, the word sojourn means a temporary stay. The word sojourn means spend a short period of time staying in a particular place. Now again, he, here he is. He was where God told him to be but then all of a sudden, he decides to get close to where the enemy was. Getting close to the territory that God told him not to be in, and he slips over to the area of the Philistines, and because he got too close to where he should not have been, he ends up getting burned. How many of y'all have been there before? See, what the enemy will tell you, well, just, just one, one little drink won't hurt. After all, you're not getting drunk. Huh? And then next thing you know, a year from now, you're an alcoholic. First thing it tell you is, you know, smoke a little weed. It just, it just, take the, just get a little buzz and just, just you know, just kind of rel- just, just relax you. You had a rough week. How, how about praying? How, how about getting before the Lord? You say you saved. Why do you need weed to relax you? Can I get three witnesses out there? See if you say full of the Holy Ghost then the perfect peace of God thou will keep you what in perfect peace whose mind is what stayed on thee I don't need alcohol to relax me the Holy Ghost relaxes me. Okay, all right. That just that's just that's, that's for somebody who need to hear that. See, see I I want, and I believe God wants us to get to a point in our Christian walk to where we can be like Abraham and be fully persuaded that what God promised, he's able to bring to pass. But we see Abraham is not there yet because obviously he's repeating that same sin. He got too close. He sold it. He he temporarily went to a place. Sometimes we think that we can dip in sin temporarily and be okay. That's the biggest lie that Satan ever told. He wants you to... To go just one time. And then one time becomes what? Three times. Then three times become what? 15 times. Then 15 times become what? 35 times. Then all of a sudden you just just sin and don't even care anymore. Because he wants to get you out there. So here Abraham moves from the place that God had wanted him to be and moves to a draw. So in the outline, we're gonna talk about, first of all, we start off talking about impatient faith, how impatient faith leads to dysfunction in our families, right? Impatient faith leads to dysfunction. Second thing we talked about was an aroused faith. An aroused faith leads to a fresh, stirring experience with God. We saw that in the 17th chapter, right? And then last week, we talked about a growing faith. A growing faith, uh, when we have a growing faith, it teaches us how to be a friend of God. Abraham is called a friend of God, and God initiates that process in verse Genesis eighteen chapter. When He comes to him, the pre-incarnate Christ comes to meet Abraham to develop and to start that friendship. So we talked about a growing faith. and We're going to talk about keeping faith here today. How God keeps and secures the believer even through sin. How God keeps and secures the believer even through sin. How many of y'all are thankful that God kept you when you were in your mess? I, I, need, I need somebody to say amen to that. How many of you, since you've been saved, I'm not talking about before you got saved, but since you've been saved, God, God, you, you messed up. You know I messed up. All of us have messed up, but yet God refused to throw us away. I'm thankful for a God who loves me enough that he didn't throw me away when I messed up. I'm thankful for a God who says, I, I, I love you. I, I love you unconditionally. Not that I want you to keep sinning, but what I, what I won't do is throw you away when you mess up. So we see here. So we get into this text. First thing we want to just make a mental note of is his first thing is Abraham's sin. It's very clear. You see, he repeated the sin, guys. He, he did what he had done before. Why did, why did he do this? Well, just, just make a note of this, guys. Well, first of all, although Abraham had been justified by faith in the 15th chapter of Genesis, he still had a sin nature. Just because you are saved don't mean that you don't have a sin nature. Can I get a witness? All of us were born in sin and shapen in iniquity. Can I get a witness? So, so we see, he, he, even though he was justified by faith, he still had a sin nature. God gave him a new name from Abram to Abraham, but that did not change his old nature. And let me say this right quick. I don't care how long you've been saved, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues. But if you are not on guard, you can, your sin nature will rise up. And that thing that you thought was dead for 20 years will rise up. And you'll find yourself going back to the place that you never should have went back to. So don't, don't, ever, don't ever get so cocky. Don't ever get so prideful that you'll say, I will never. You say, with the help of the Lord, I will never. Because it's not about you. It's about him keeping us. Can I get a witness? If we say, the Bible says in 1 John 1 and 9, we, we all got a, that, that sinful nature within He says, in First John one one and eight says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Can I get a witness? So because of the, because we have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, and we have the work of Christ on the cross of Calvary, believers still can have victory over our old nature. We don't have to be slaves to our old nature. The only way we become slaves to our old nature is that we feed that nature. The story was told a time about. Uh, this man that would bring some dogs to town and, and they would bet on the dogs who would win uh, 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 the fight uh, between the dogs. And, and dog fighting obviously is illegal, but this story at the time, it was not illegal. And so and he'd bring those two dogs to town and he'd bring different ones and he would always bet on the one that would win. And after a while, somebody, somebody put him aside said, said, said how is it that you know which dog is going to win the fight every time you bring him to town for them to do battle? He says, well, the one that I want to win, that's the one that I feed. And the one that I don't want to win, win I starve him. And see, that's where it is with us. See, if you're going to have victory over this old nature, you've got to stop feeding it. You gotta stop feeding it pornography. You gotta stop feeding it, I mean, shows that are not God-honored. You gotta stop feeding it mess that that you you discover on Facebook or on Instagram or wherever. You gotta stop feeding it the fleshy stuff and start feeding it, feeding your spiritual man, amen, spiritual food. Guys, I'm gonna tell you something: you cannot conquer your old nature if you don't have any prayer time or word time. No prayer time, no word time. Your old nature will rise up and begin to try to take his place that it had before you got saved. Can I get a witness? So, so so believers can have victory over their old nature, but it's not automatic. We must walk in the spirit if we hope to overcome the temptations and the pull of the flesh. So, so again, so so one reason why he sinned was number one, he still had a sin nature. Second reason why he sinned, uh, I want you to consider this, he moved into enemy territory. Okay? See, after living in Hebron, uh, which means fellowship, for perhaps maybe 20 years, he decided to go to the land of the Philistines. Jerah is just within Philistine country. It's right across the border. Right across, amen, where he should have been and where he shouldn't have been was close together. See, sometimes you, you, you can get too close to stuff that you don't need to be close to. Sometimes You got to remove yourself from situations that you are not spiritually strong enough to handle. Are y'all with me today? You got to remove yourself from places that you know cause you trouble. Amen? You got to remove yourself. If you know you can't go around those boys like you used to go around and y'all hang out and and then they start cussing, you start cussing. They start drinking, you start drinking. They start talking about the ladies, you start talking about the ladies, you married. Hello? Hey, brothers. Come on, talk to my brothers now. If if you can't go into a place and be a light there in that darkness, stay out of the place. Amen? You got to put some boundaries up. So here he, he goes. The second reason why he falls into sin is because he goes to a place that he had no business going. Again, just like he did when he was in, first left and went to Canaan and the famine came to the land. He left what God told him to be and went down to Egypt. So here he is going over to draw. It was temporary, but still temporary can pull you into some stuff. The KJV says in verse number one that Abraham, Abraham sojourned in Jerusalem, And I told you that means to temporarily stay there for a short period of time. Amen. Don't quit trying stuff for a little while. Quit smiling. I just want to see what it, what it feels like, what it looks like. Let me tell you something. The devil will get you out there and saw the limb out from under you. So after arriving in Gerard, Abraham began to walk by sight and not by faith, for he began to be afraid. Fear, fear, fear. Let's, let's keep reading here, okay? And go back to, to uh, Genesis chapter number 20, uh, if you will, and we're going to read a few, there, f- few verses there following. Verse number three in that text, okay? So we're talking about dysfunctionality. Here we see Abraham messing up again. Now, I don't know about any, any of y'all out there, but I've been like Abraham before where I messed up again. I said I wasn't going to do it, and I did it again. This is since I've been saying. How many of y'all have been there? Come on, I, I need some witnesses out there. Am I the only one that's messed up more than one time? Am I the only one to say that, that, you know what, I, I'm, I, yeah, I, I'm not going to be lazy this week. I'm, I'm going to make sure that I get into my word at least five times during the, during, during the week. I'm, I'm going to make sure that I get up and pray. And then there's sometimes you, you, you land in that bed. Anybody, can I get three witnesses? You, you, you made a covenant commitment. That you're going to get up at 530 and study. Uh, yes, huh? You, you made that commitment because you know early, it, you know, early seems to be better because it gets you going before the rest of the day going and you get all tired out and everything else you got going on. And you tell yourself yes, every day this week, I'm getting up at 530. Then the alarm goes off you actually set the alarm at five so you can slap it about five times before you get up because you know you. Anybody in the, in the house? And then all of a sudden, you, while you're laying there, the sleep that you're getting becomes more, more, more desirable than the word that's waiting on you. And then you end up oversleeping, rushing out, and then just getting out, getting to work, barely getting to work on time, and then all of a sudden your day goes haywire because you didn't keep the commitment that you promised God that you were going to keep. Anybody been there before? Or maybe it's something else that you did. Maybe it's, maybe it's a sin that you felt you fell into again when you, when you said you were not going to go back to guys, Here's what I'm trying to get, get us to understand. Our sin nature is still with us. And we got to be on guard to make sure that the enemy doesn't draw us close to the line or pull us over the line so that we can begin to do stuff that he wants us to do. The text says here that, 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 but that night God came to Abimelech in a dream and told him, now Abimelech is, is, is the king, right? And now Abimelech sees Sarah and wants her, but again, they lied again. Guys, listen to me. After arriving here, fear began to take hold. Fear of man and faith in God cannot dwell together in the same heart, y'all. Amen. Uh, it cannot. The fear of man brings a snare, Proverbs 29 and 25 said. but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. The fear of man brings a, a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Guys, Abraham forgot that his God was the almighty God who could do anything but fail and who covenanted. To bless Abraham and Sarah. But the basic call of Abraham's failure was the sad fact that he and Sarah really really the, the real issue is they had failed to judge this sin when they had dealt with it in Egypt. See, when you don't deal with your sin the right way, it's coming up again. Everybody say it's coming up again. They admitted their sin to Pharaoh and they confessed it to God. But the fact that it surfaced again indicates to me that they did not judge the sin and forsake it. I want you to go with me right quick to Proverbs, the 28th chapter, verse number 13. Let's read that right quick. Proverbs 28 and 13. Listen to this. They they commit the sin in Egypt and they repeat it again. And what makes it even worse this time around, the first time it was all Abraham telling the lie. But now, Sarah is in on it with them. She's talking, too. It's one thing if you lie, but you get your family to lie with you, everybody said that's not good. not good. Got the little children lying. Answering you. Pick up my phone, baby. Okay, who? who uh, hello? Who is it? Uh, who is it? Who is it, son? Uh, it's John. Tell him I'm not here. Uh, daddy said he's not here. <laughs> See, you got your children lying for you. Perpetrating sin on your behalf. Here is worse than the first time because Abraham lied the first time, but now Abraham and Sarah lied. Watch this. Watch this. Look at what the text says: says "People who conceal their sins will not what." I've got to read it out loud and on purpose one more time. Let's read it. It says, "What people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess." And turn from them, they'll do what? They'll receive mercy. So they, they admit their sin the first time the Pharaoh down in Egypt and, and they confess it to God, but, but, but because it came up again, it lets me know that they didn't really judge it the right way because it's coming up again. See, godly sorrow leads to Repentance. You can be sorry that you got caught, but if it's not godly sorrow, you won't turn from it. And anytime you find yourself going back to that same sin, that means godly sorrow did not take place in your heart. You may, you, may have, you may have felt bad, you may have felt sorry, but it wasn't godly sorrow because godly sorrow, the Bible says, leads to repentance. And I believe this, guys, that, 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 that we see this sin had grown worse and we see that Sarah shared in the telling of that lie. And I believe it's a home kept together by a lie is in bad shape. If your home is built on a, a pack of lies, it's going to come crumbling down one day. So the truth has to be told. So and even when it comes to confessing our sin, it can't be just a lighthearted admission of sin. That ain't the same as a broken a confession of a broken hearted confession of sin. Y'all remember what David said in Psalm 51? Let's go to Psalm 51 verse number 17. Listen to what David said. This is this is him writing this psalm after he had did his dirt. After he had committed adultery with Bathsheba, after he had arranged for the death of 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 Uriah, who was the soldier who was Bathsheba's husband, and David When it was a time he should have been out, when King should have been out going to war, he was at home in the wrong place at the wrong time. How many of y'all ever got yourself in some trouble being at the wrong place in the wrong time? When something jumped off you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, mama told you you don't go down there, but you went anyhow. Uh, Daddy told you that boy wasn't good for you, but you, you, you decided you loved him anyhow and then end up getting brokenhearted and hurt behind it. Guys, we got to make sure that we are hearing, amen, and adhering to those in our lives who can speak truth to us. The text says, watch what it says, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and a repentant heart, oh God. Listen to what God says. The sacrifice you desire, David said, the sacrifice you desire is a what? Broken spirit. Guys, when you're broken, that means that that, that you really see yourself as you are, not worthy of anything, but just gracious and blessed that God chose to forgive you, chose to, to, to send his son to die for you, chose to send his son to be crucified on the cross for us so that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Guys, brokenness means that, 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 that my heart understands that I've hurt the heart of God first and foremost. And then secondly, I hurt that person whom I'm in relationship with. Now guys, the thing that, 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 that again, that disturbs me about this, and again, Abraham, the same Abraham who we saw in Romans and in Hebrews was at the, at the, at the peak of what it means to walk by faith. Here we see him at a low part in a low position, because guys, I want y'all to hear this right quick. When you allow your wife to be taken into the king's harem just to save your skin, don't forget this. He chose to tell the lie and to have his wife go be with the king's women, and you know what the king's going to ultimately do at one point in time? He's going to bring that woman into his chamber and have sex with her. Now here this guy is allowing his wife to go into the harem to save his own skin. How many of y'all know Abraham needs some growing, had to, had, had to do some growing? Because he, this ain't the first time, It's is the second time around where he allows his wife to be taken by a king, by a person of authority and in that person's harem. That was the culture of the day, guys. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. We don't have kings with harems around here, but how many, how, many, how many husbands would allow their wife to take the bullet instead of them? If the shooting jumps off, you jump behind the car and let her stay in front of the car. How many husbands would do that? How many husbands would, would allow someone to, to berate their wife and not stand up for her? That's, a, that's, that's basically what's happening here. Abraham, he's going through a process, y'all, we know where he ultimately ends up, but right now he's not there. I want you to look at your own self. I know, and you can know where God, amen, ultimately wants you to be, but maybe we're not there yet. We're on our way. My, my point today is, is, that we need to be progressing and we don't need to be in the same spot we were 20 years ago. Still acting like a baby, still, still just, just not really mature in your faith and still let, you know, let little, little stuff just trip you up. Come on, y'all still still getting mad because you weren't on the program. Still getting mad because you didn't get to do whatever. Or still getting mad that your name was not called. We need some growth. And we need some mature saints because in the days that we're living in now, it's going to be the true church who, who a church that's really understanding what the will of God is, y'all. So 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 again we see Abraham sin. We he 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 did it again. And guys, let me tell you something. If, if he says the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit, you will not reject a broken and repentant heart, oh God. He will not do it. If our attitude is right, we'll hate our sin. Let me say it again. If our attitude is right, we'll hate our sin. We'll loathe ourselves. We'll get mad at ourselves for having sin. And, 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 and we'll despise the memory of our sin. Let me tell you something. People who remember their sins with pleasure and enjoy them again in their minds, guys, uh, have never really judged their sin or seen how sinful their actions really are. If you're going around to my, yeah, dog, hit me. I remember, man, back in the day, bro. Oh, man, you, who Boy, I ran them women, man, and boy, I tell you, I had three or four of them. Brother, man, I, I did my thing. Whoa, man, man, I was the bomb. Now, here you are saying, reminiscing about your sinful days. Hello? bragging about it and in, and in a way kind of wishing you were still back there you hadn't judged your sin are y'all with me have y'all been around folks and they start talking about with fondness Oh girl, girl you know i just got mine right with that clip i turned it out you turned it out you all to kind of be ashamed that you were turning it out <laughs> See, if, you, if your sin don't hurt you, then it's a good chance you hadn't truly judged your sin. Because anytime you judge your sin and you have a broken and contr- contrite spirit about yourself, then God's going to know and it's going to cause you to turn away from it and it's going to be so ugly you don't even want to remember it. But if you're sitting there, I'm, I'm telling you right now, if you're sitting there you know, finally remembering your sin... Finally remembering whatever that sin was, fornication, sexual immorality, whether it was drunkenness, whatever it is, whatever that sin was, whatever, whatever it was hatred. You know, there's a lot of hate going on, and a lot of misconception and prejudice in this world. today. If you're still mirroring that stuff and, and, and keeping that stuff buried beneath the surface, you have not judged your sin right. And obviously, Abraham didn't judge his sin right because he wouldn't have been repeating it again. The same thing again. How many of y'all ever felt like Abraham before? Come on, be honest. So, so Abraham said. second thing we see is God secured Abraham through his, through his miraculous intervention. He, he interceded, he intervened on Abraham's behalf because, see, God has a plan for him. He has a purpose for him. And even though he's not where he, he's going to be, God, God chose him. And God is the type, God, that he's, he's willing to, to work with us if we'll work with him. Even when we mess up, even when we're not where we need to be, he's still working. He's still working on Abraham. He's still working. I don't know about you, but he's still working on Donald Adams. Can I get a witness? So, so, so we see here, the third verse here, God, God, God secured Abraham through miraculous intervention. Verses three through seven, we see that God warned the king of judgment. Because again, here we go, he's stepping in and helping Abraham out here. Abraham lied, said it was, this is not, technically, it it was a half-truth. Because we know she was his half-sister, right? How many of y'all tell half-lies and think you're okay? How many of y'all tell little white lies and think you're okay? There's a smidgen of truth there, but a lie is a deliberate attempt to deceive. The Bible says God hates a lying tongue. How many of y'all know in the church we have liars? Speak the truth. Come on. So the text says, but but that that night God came to Abimelech in a dream and told him, you are a dead man. (laughs) For that woman you have taken is already married. Now, he didn't know this, y'all. But God intervenes. Look, let's read on down. Verse 4 says what? But Abimelech had not slept with her yet. Listen to what he said there. I told you before, he... If he takes a woman into his harem, he may have 15 or 20 in there, but at some point in time, he's going to end up sleeping with her. Again, don't miss this. Abraham, in order to save his skin, gives his wife to another man. Let that sink in for a second. Everybody say, God still got to work on Abraham. Say, God still has to work on me. But Abimelech had not slept with her yet. So he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Because he didn't know because the culture that day was, if it was your sister, you just, you know, you bring her into the error. He didn't know. Look at the next verse. Let's read. It says what? Didn't Abraham tell me she's my sister and she herself. I told you she's in on it with him. Don't get your spouse to lie for you and spouse. Don't you lie for your husband or your wife? They were not at church because they was in the bed. Hello. All right. And this is before the pandemic. I'm not talking about during the pandemic. I mean, and even, even now, some, some, some people, you know, some people, you know, listen, we, we're all trying to make sure that we practice social distancing. It ain't about just coming to the building because you, you, you watching me there, but then, but, but if, but there, but, but you can help out. All right. Just like if you go to work and you social distance and it's like you go to the grocery store and you social distance and you have your mask on and, and we're sitting here social distancing with masks on, right? See, we can do what we want to do, What, what, what we got to make sure that when we, during this pandemic that you don't get paralyzed by fear. Hello? Because I, I, I suspect that there are some Christians who have been precautious and rightfully so, but there are some Christians who have been paralyzed by fear. You're allowing the spirit of fear, and when this thing first started, I warned you about the spirit of fear that could rise up and paralyze you. Listen, take your precautions, but don't let the spirit of fear... Overwhelm you. Hello? Watch this, watch this. Didn't Abraham tell me she's my sister? And she herself said, Yes, he's my brother. I acted in complete innocence. My hands are clean. This is what the king said. This was Ben. Ben said, I didn't know. I really didn't know. God, I didn't know. See, God come. Here we see God intervening. Because guess what? He has a plan for Abraham. See, he knew Abraham wasn't where he needed to be. So he steps in and happens even in his sin. And I'm here to tell you guys, and, and, and all of y'all who will really be honest with me will tell me that God has stepped in and rescued you from your sin. He stepped in and, and, and covered you when, when, when by all rights, He could allow the cover to be pulled off your sin, but he covers you like He did Adam and Eve in the garden, and gave you a chance to get it right. King said, I acted in like complete innocent. My hands are clean. Next verse says what? Let's read. It says, in the dream, God responded, yes, I know you're innocent. That's why I kept you from sinning against me and why I didn't let you touch her. Whew, wow, this is God. Think, think about this for a second. God knew that Abraham and Sarah were not where they were going to be, so he protects them from themselves. Lord Jesus, I thank God that we serve a God like that who will step in and, and cause, amen, the phone not to pick up when you were trying to hook up with somebody you shouldn't have been hooking up with. The battery was dead. You couldn't get through to him. Hello, somebody. You ran out of gas before you got there. Whatever. He, 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 he didn't allow you to go, through to, to go through with it. That's why... I, I kept you from sinning against me, and why didn't I let you touch her? Look at verse number seven. Let's read. Come on, guys. Now return the woman to her husband, and he will pray for you. Watch this. Return the woman to her husband, and he will pray for you, for he is a prophet. Here God is saying, Abraham, who gave his wife to this woman to save his skin, God says, he's a prophet. I called him. I ordained him. then you will live. But if you don't return it to him, you can be sure that you and all your folk going to die. <laughs> that's, 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 that's a little country, Doyle Adams, Doyle Adams, all your people going to die. You and all of them, if you, don't, if you mess with my anointed ones. So God warned the king of judgment. The king appealed to the Lord and God, the true God, revealed himself right here. Next thing we see, God secured Abraham through, through human rebuke. The rebuke. Now, now, the word rebuke means to reprimand. It means to sharply criticize. Let's keep reading here because look at verses 8 through 10 right quick. He secured Abraham through human rebuke. He, he reprimanded. He said, we, we first of all see the rebuke, rebuke of shame and embarrassment. The text says Abimelech got up early the next morning and quickly called all his servants together. When he told them what had happened, his men were what? They were terrified. God spoke to this man in a dream and this man was so, was so uh, got off with and so discombobulated he called all his men together and told them about this and they were scared. Watch this, next verse, let's read. It says, well, then Abimelech called for Abraham what have you done Why, what have you done to us? he demanded what crime have I committed that deserves treatment like this, making me and my kingdom guilty of this great sin? No one should ever do what you have done. Here we are. he's been dressed down publicly. Watch this guys. the rebuke of shame and embarrassment the rebuke of causing others to sin because again they were <laughs> when Abraham lied, this king came in and took Sarah against God's will, so that means that Abraham is not calling, not only is he sinning, but he's calling somebody else to sin. And that's the way it usually works. Our sin don't just affect us, it affects a whole lot of other folks. You go and gamble all the money away, then now your children ain't got no food to eat. Hello? You go and, 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 and leave your spouse and, and, and do that, and the family's broken up, and now your kids suffer. It's not just you. You're sin now. You, you, you've sinned royally and now you, you have to be disciplined in the church. You got mad because church discipline was exercised and now you leave the church, the place that God told you to be. But because they love you enough to discipline you, you got your feelings hurt and left. And you're not in the place that God told you to be because you got your feelings hurt. See, sin not only affects, you. your sin not only affects you, but it affects others who are in relationship with you. Amen? Look at this. So, so, so so God secured Abraham through human rebuke. He, the rebuke of shame and embarrassment, the rebuke of causing others to sin, the rebuke of being a fearful, distrustful man. Look at verse number 10. A fearful, distrustful man. Verse number 10, let's read right quick. He says, Whatever, the king said, possess you to do such a thing. What in the world? Why did you lie to me like this? Why did you put my kingdom in jeopardy, why did you do this? So, so we see here, uh, as we move to the next verse, go to verse 11 through 13. God secured Abraham through honest confession. The Abraham of Romans and Hebrews 11 don't look like the Abraham of Genesis, in 20, Genesis 20 chapter, does it? you don't look like what you're going to be. You hear me? You, you don't, none of us look like what we're going to be if we will stay on this journey of faith, pull in close to God, allow his word and his Holy Spirit to do his perfecting work of us, in us, then we can find ourselves being like the Abraham in Romans, the fourth chapter, and the Abraham in, in, in Hebrews, eleven chapter. Don't you get discouraged because you are what you are right now. Make a conscious decision today. Say, God, I, I, I repent of my sin and I want to push in close to you. I'm sorry, God, for being a baby Christian and not spending time in your word to grow in my faith. I'm tired of being a complainer and a whiner because I'm not growing. God needs to use all of us and every one of us has giftings that God wants to use. God secured Abraham through honest confession. Look at verse 11 through 13. Come on, let's go. We got to move. Just trying to give you an overview of this family. Because many of y'all sitting there in families where people have messed up royally. Whether it's your husband, your wife, your child. And what I want to tell you, if they are truly saved, God still will deal with them. If you are truly saved, God will still deal with you. If you're willing to submit your will, to his will, no matter how royally you've messed up, God says, I still have a plan for your life. Abraham replied, I thought, everybody say, quit thinking. (laughs) See, some of us think too much, just be obedient. I thought, this is a godless place, they will want my wife and will kill me to get her. Here he is, thinking about himself. Right? Are y'all with me today? Here he is, Thinking only about himself. See, here we see the sin of fear of not trusting God becomes ever to him. Because how are you gonna be the father? Come on now, listen. How is he gonna be the father of many nations if he's dead in this land? Now, if you trusted God's word, you moved out on his word, but now you start to doubt. How are you gonna be the father of many nations if you're dead? You can't be. So he should have known that God is his protector right, but he never should have been there in the first place. See some of us going to places we never should be. Stick with God. Everybody say stick with God. This is a godless place they would want my wife and kill me to get her. Look at the next verse. Come on let's read. And she really is my sister. <laughs> He's fixing his life. For we both have the same father but different mothers and I married her. Half life, half true. Come on. Part of it was True. But it it doesn't negate the fact that she was his wife. Quit trying to fix your lie up. Any of y'all ever tried to fix your lie up? You fix your lie up by, by telling something about the other person who caught you in your lie, and you try to make it seem not as bad as it is. You lied. And God hates a lying tongue, especially coming from those who say they belong to him. Next verse says what? Come on, let's read. When God called me to leave my father's home and to travel from place to place, I told her, do me a favor. Wherever you go, tell the people that I am your brother. Here he is propagating the lie, pushing it forward. Abraham, God secured Abraham through honest confession. The sin of lying and of twisting the truth and of telling, he, 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 he delivered him through all of that. He was lying and telling half truth. The sin of misusing and exploiting people. Uh, Because basically what he does here is he exploits his own wife to save his skin. Now guys, every every husband out there, listen to me. Every woman wants a man who will be her protector and her provider. Y'all hear me guys? Every woman wants a man, a husband, who will be her protector and her provider. You don't have to be the the cutest guy in the room. You don't have to be the strongest and the finest guy in the room. Because There's a lot of guys who are cute, strong, and fine, but they ain't no good. But if you will protect her, and if you will provide for her, and if you will treat her like a queen, it don't matter if you look like Ned DeWino on Good Times. That's for some of you old school folks. You can turn her heart towards you, baby. Are y'all with me today? So God secured Abraham through honest confession. Lastly, God secured Abraham by working all things out for his good. Look at verses 14 through 18. We're going to close this thing out. Dysfunctionality. I love this because I I know the end of the story. I know that this ain't where Abraham's going to be. And some of y'all are not where you used to be. You're not where you're going to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. Do I have a witness out there? How many of y'all thank God that you're not where you used to be? You know how you were a sinner and a wretch undone. You knew that you were no good and you knew you were no good. And everybody ran when you know you were no good. But now God has saved you and he's working on you. The Bible says then Abimelech took some of his sheep and goats cattle in male and female servants, and he presented them to Abraham. He also returned his wife, Sarah, to him. Watch this now, guys. He's trying to get rid of this dude. Then Abimelech said, look over my land and choose any place where you would like to live. And he said to Sarah, look, I'm giving your brother a thousand pieces of silver in the presence of all these witnesses. This is to, this is to compensate you for any wrong I may have done to you. This will settle any claim against me, and your reputation is clear. Look at the next verse. It says, well, then Abraham prayed to God and God did what? Healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants so they could have children. He, he cut it off. Y'all ain't having no children or nothing. But he, when, when, he, when his heart was turned, watch what the text says in verse number 18. For the Lord had caused all the women to be infertile because of what happened with Abraham's wife, Sarah. So listen, as we close this out, God secured Abraham by working all things out for good. Now, guys, next week, we're going to look at the fulfillment of the promise. And we see this journey of faith as, as Abraham and Sarah keep moving. Because I, I don't want you to give up on your dysfunctional family. There is hope for your family. And I believe that God has you here to speak to your heart for you to be the agent for change in your family. Some things got to be addressed and we got to talk about it. We got we to talk about it as an individual family. We got to talk, talk about it as a family of Americans. We got to talk about it as a church family here at EBC. We need to get to the point to where we expose Satan's lies so that our families can represent God well here in the earth realm. God wants our individual families, he wants our church families to show the world the goodness of God.